the Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Charles. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I was saying every time I call someone on Skype, I forget that the Skype ring is a banger. And I always forget it. And I start dancing. And then I'm like, oh, right. It's a hit that everyone let flop. That's right. Yeah. Um, So that was just a me moment I had before I called you. I wanted to ask you, A, how you are, but also you're back at work now, right? I am. uh, How is that going? uh, It is. It was good when it started. Um, Now uh, I had uh, people are getting a little bit more free with their... uh, social distancing and masking and cleansing themselves. I had to yell at someone the other day. Why? Um, well, okay. So we only have outdoor, uh, I almost said outdoor dining. I guess uh, we should I, say you are a, you're, you work at the Stonewall. Yes, I do. Yes. Um, but we only have outdoor drinking right now. Um, we have a few tables. We got like a special permit that the city's giving to people. I'm sure you've seen like restaurants building into streets. Yeah, I. How do you feel about the particle board cubicles for brunch? Because I like them. I. It depends because I know I've seen some in the outer boroughs that are like fine. Um, there was a restaurant near Stonewall that apparently got the right permit, but they built into the bike lane, and like within 24 hours, three people <laughs> bit it. No. Oh, sorry. I laughed. (laughs) They like bit, they built a platform that was like even with the sidewalk so they could have extra seating and it would still be level. So dumb. Um, But then, uh, painted it black so no one could see it. Oh my God. Like paint it red or paint it a bright color. So people coming through in the middle of the night can see that shit. Yeah, really? Oh God. But I yelled at someone the other day because we're we're letting one person use the bathroom at a time. They have to be escorted in and escorted out, and the bathroom has to be cleaned after each guest. Wow. Um, and this person just, uh, well, I guess their friend had come out, but we were still cleaning the bathroom, let themselves into the bar. Um, and I was like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. what? Because I was trapped behind the bar. I was making drinks at, at that time. And I was like, uh, can I help you? And they're like, oh, I'm just using the bathroom. I was like, okay, can you just wait by the door? Someone's cleaning it right now. They'll come get you, and they'll take you. And uh, they were like, you're being very rude. And I was like, <laughs> one, put your mask on. Two, this is for your safety. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to go, like, risk everything, do that somewhere else. Not here. I, I Not guess, like, we need to keep reminding people that we are in the middle of a plague. And I know things have gotten comparatively better in New York City because we were for months, the epicenter of everything that was happening. And now, you know, rates have gotten better. We don't have constant sirens anymore. So I think a lot of people are like, sweet, it's over. And it's like, no, 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 we're, we haven't even gotten to the second wave yet. We are in the middle of the first wave. Uh, yeah, I am. I, I am comforted. I found myself being a little bit more relaxed with myself and then I get angry I'm like the other uh, yesterday. I walked to the train, got to the train before I realized I did not put my mask on at all. Oh, see, I and sprinted have home. gotten very anxious a few times. I've almost left without my mask, uh, or someone's had to remind me to put on a mask before you know we leave, and like that gives me a little mini panic attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's it's easy to get sort of lulled into complacency because things have gotten better in the city. 
Yeah. I, as someone who was very, very paranoid when this started and didn't leave my house, I'm like, how, why, why is my brain all of a sudden? No, you're fine. I mean, it is amazing how you can like your brain sort of to protect you moves on, even if it's not like <laughs> logical at it's sort of like, okay, in order for us to begin healing, I'm going to allow you to temporarily forget the plague that is happening. Mm-hmm. How is it in uh, your new neighborhood compared to your old neighborhood? It's like masks. Good. It's good. Uh, yeah. I oh, in terms of masks, bad because I am in a, a not a predominantly. I would say there's a large Hasidic community, and you know a lot of people within the Hasidic community do not wear masks. So I continue to wear a mask because I'm sort of like, this is for both our sakes. Because even if you're not wearing a mask, the the chances of me, if I do have it or if I do have the antibodies, the chances of me passing it on to you are still diminished if I'm wearing a mask and you're not. But yeah, I mean, like little kids playing in large groups, like, yeah, really, mm-hmm. you would not know anything was amiss sometimes. Um, so that worries me obviously for everybody's health, but, um, you know what, we'll get to this in the bad news section, but I was going to say, at least we don't live in Florida or Arizona or Texas because it's constantly bad. Oh, I know. Even like aside from a pandemic, thank God, uh, no offense to anybody <laughs> who lives in Texas or Arizona or Florida. It's just that Charles and I, uh, would not live a week in any of those States. Uh, <laughs> but, Specifically uh, Florida. Yeah, yeah. No offense. No offense. No offense. Anybody. No offense. No offense. I'm sure you don't want to live in New York City. I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, the the rates of uh, the surge in those states is astronomical. They're running out of ICU beds. It's a bad time, and it's because of our stupid government. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so I wanted to share with everyone some huge uh, news. I have finished Survivor. <gasps> I am. Done with my journey. I am going to post screen grabs because uh, periodically throughout my journey, I documented things I thought were funny or stupid. And let me just say, everyone warned me not to watch season 39. And I was like, shut up. And I watched it anyway. Huge mistake. It's awful. It's very triggering. I'll like very to give you the quick rundown. Did you do you watch Survivor slash have you seen season thirty nine? Uh I no, I was a season one and done person. Yes, like, that was you me too. Had almost uh inspired me to start and now Every time I go to think about it, it's a very daunting, overwhelming task for me. Yeah, well, I would recommend watching all the seasons because um one of the most like fulfilling aspects of Survivor are when players from the past come back mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you don't really get that unless you've seen those prior seasons. But if you want like the hits, I can also send you a list of the best seasons that I enjoyed the most. Um, and I think you can still enjoy them in isolation. You just might not have like that full. It's sort of like going to a random Marvel movie. You know, you'll enjoy it, but you might not get all the Easter eggs and stuff uh, okay. if you haven't seen all of them. But is he 39 the last one? 
No. So thank oh. God there's a season after that. That's a, a pretty good season, even though it ends weird because the pandemic hit. So they couldn't do the reunion show in front of a studio audience. So it's literally like Jeff Probst is in his garage that they made into a set. And the finalists are all in their living rooms, like on Skype. It's very weird. There's no audience. It really sort of robs the winner of that big moment when they like announce their name and the audience cheers, you know, like it's weird. It's weird to see a survivor winner announced to silence basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but prior to that season 40 is awesome. It's all of the, the winners come back. So it is the creme de la creme who come back to compete. It's a little disappointing in that some of my favorites got voted out super early, (laughs) but, but there's still like really moving moments. And like, I mean, there are contestants who hadn't competed in like 15 years who come back and like, there's a contestant, Ethan, who competed when he was very young, 15 years later, he comes back and he's like, Oh, I almost died of cancer while he was away. And now he's competing as a cancer survivor. And it's like really moving because like, he is not as strong as he used to be, but he won't quit and everybody supports him. And it's like really uplifting. Um, but holy shit, season 39. And again, I was warned by everybody not to watch it. It is, it's me too, basically. So there's a contestant, a dude, uh, who is groping female contestants and doing this on camera. And all of the women are like talking about it because he makes them so fucking uncomfortable. At one point, one of the women is like, I haven't slept for 11 days because I'm afraid he's going to grope me in the middle of the night. Yep. Yep. They are trapped with this man in their shelter as it's raining. Like, it's horrible to watch. No moment of the show is enjoyable because of this. Finally, one of the producers on camera says to one of the girls, the women is crying on camera and you hear the producer go, if you want us to intervene, we can, which is the worst way to handle that. You're putting all of the onus on the women to basically be like, get rid of him. You're the producer. You should step yeah. in and you should stop it and you should kick him off. Right. They right. don't do that. Then the worst thing that happens in all of this is the women are accused of using these accusations as part of their game to like get him voted off. Okay. Wow. So, the uh, it makes me so mad just recapping it the woman who is accusing him the loudest gets voted off immediately because people are mad at her the one woman who stands up to him and is like i know what you're doing you need to stop she gets voted off and all the other women either side with this guy and the men don't acknowledge what's happening at all okay so that's what happens and i'm furious even like one it's kind of a reality show rule these days that like when people start fighting, like fist fighting, one person, if not both people go home, this is still physical and sexual assault. So after the first time it should have been like, and we're done. Yeah. You need to go home now. Basically. I mean, everyone handled it so badly. So survivor has had to, Oh, by the way, he did eventually get kicked off because he groped a producer. Wow. This was after they pulled him aside and they were like, this is your official warning. If you do it again, you're gone. He groped a producer. That's that is. Isn't that wild? Bold. That's insane. 
believe uh, women, believe women when they say this shit because it's a pattern. It's always a fucking pattern. It's always a pattern. He yeah. on camera, he's like, I've never been accused of this before. And I was like, you are fucking lying. You are lying right now. Uh, yeah, of course, he's a serial predator. We knew yeah. this watching the show. Anyway, so they get rid of him. Survivor oh. basically has to rewrite their rules of how they deal with this shit because they handled it so badly. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I actually skipped the last two episodes because ultimately I was just like, why am I watching this? Why, why was that not part of the rules before? I know it's, it's wild. And like, uh, it's just, it's very, very triggering when you watch it because they are gaslighting the shit out of these women. And it is very upsetting. It's really upsetting. So I would highly recommend skipping season 39 of, and by the way, uh, other than that, not a great season. So you're not missing anything. Um, and that's no, like, you know, the, the women are great and I wish they were not on that season. I wish they had gotten a, a different season. Uh, all the men can go fuck themselves because, uh, none of them spoke up and it sucked. Or if they were targeting him to get voted off, it was for strategy and not for like ethical reasons, you know? Um, but yeah, it was I'm just surprised that this would be the first time that something like this has happened oh, on it's Survivor. Not. Or it's not. It's oh. not. There's another season. It's not as... Uh, I don't want to, like, diminish it, but there was another season where a male contestant, like, dry-humped a female contestant at night, and when she confronted him, everybody treated her like she was crazy. So there is another season where that happened. I guess... Season 39 is considered worse because this guy was doing it a lot to all of the women, including a female producer. So he's considered like especially heinous. Um, but yeah, no, by no means the only moment in Survivor. There's been moments like that. There's been moments of sexism, misogyny in other seasons, racism, all that stuff. Uh, homophobia. We got the gambit because you have, you know, 20 people from all over the country meeting. So you're going to have um, some bigots in the group statistically, you know? Yeah. Survivor's greatest hits. Homophobia, racism, <laughs> sexism, misogyny. Uh, transphobia. Uh, sorry, I forgot transphobia. There's a horrible, horrible, horrible moment. Uh, one of the tribal councils, a transgender contestant is outed in front of the whole fucking country as being transgender when he had privacy, privately told another contestant his story and that person turned around and tried to use it against him. And the only good thing that comes out of it is everyone on the tribal council and Jeff Probst are like, you're a piece of shit for having done that. And they spend maybe 10 minutes just berating this guy until he breaks down in tears and starts apologizing for having outed <laughs> the transgender contestant. But like truly horrible. Like it was a horrible, horrible moment. That I remember I didn't watch that season obviously but i remember that making news i remember being yeah that being it was a, a big deal and like everybody was even when it happened people were like are you gonna be okay like you can tell they're afraid for him like you've just been outed as being transgender are you safe going home basically right and uh the transgender contestant basically is like i have a great community around me i'm gonna be okay like he handles it as best he can but it like you see the the shock on his face and it's like oh it i was just like crying watching it because i felt so bad for him mm. 
Um, but anyway, Finnish Survivor, huge news. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you have any recommendations of anything you're watching, listening to, or reading right now? Uh, I have a couple. Um, mostly watching because, ugh, reading, gross. Right? Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Please read things. Um, I have, uh, I think I remember listening to Eric say something about it on the show, but I'm super into the new reboot of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Okay. I haven't watched it yet, but now that I am free from my survivor prison, <laughs> that is one of the wor- first things I'm going to watch. Uh, it is, it's, it's weird. It's, it's not, it, it's not unsolved mysteries, but it is. Sure. It uh, obviously they don't have a host. Um, it's very like docu series style. The the really only thing they took was the name and the um oh car horn uh, and the um and the theme song pretty much. I everything am else. I'm sort is of glad they did that because I feel like it would have been an impossible task to replace Robert Stack. Absolutely, they yeah. tried to. That did not work. Mm, sure. Um, they, uh, there was a reboot in the early two thousands and they had a different host and everyone was like, no, thank you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Um, but uh, the, the, the first three episodes are very, very good. One of them you have to pay very close attention to because it's entirely in French. So Ooh, wee wee. Okay. Um, I'm I also, like. uh, have you heard of the movie? It just came out, um, this, this, uh, yesterday, um, Relic. With Emily Mortimer. Why? I feel like Relic is one of those titles that has been a film 800 times before this. Okay, so maybe I'm thinking of a different Relic. Uh, this just came out. It stars Emily Mortimer and uh, apparently um, a very good Australian ac- actress, uh, Robin Nevin. Mm-hmm. Um, it is what people are calling uh, the Australian hereditary. Okay. It is a generational horror movie of a daughter, mother, and grandmother um, that are haunted by the manifestation of dementia. <gasps> All right. I'm definitely... Is this on Netflix? Where is this? Um, this uh, this is on... I believe it's one of those uh, at-home rentals right now. Great. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to um, definitely watch that. I guess or- we should mention also uh, quickly, if I can plug your podcast. Yes, please. You co-host a great horror podcast called dirty little horror um and i am desperately trying to be a guest on this show we have had so much technical difficulty did that place ever email chris uh i have to ask him because i forwarded (laughs) it to him and like told him they want to hear from you and then i haven't heard anything okay we Um, we're trying to like Yeah, there's like an online recording studio that Chris uses that for some fucking reason hates every computer I try to use to connect to it. But anyway, it's so weird. I will be a guest on the show once we figure out the technical issues. But you should listen to Dirty Little Horror, especially if you like horror, um, as we do. We're horror freaks. Uh, Yes, yes, we do. Uh, This movie is terrifying. (gasps) I'm Um, so excited. So upsetting i um it's 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 just like uh i don't i I don't know emily mortimer is amazing um and then uh through another podcast i just recently found a movie from a horror movie from the 80s that is a slasher movie based around an aerobic studio an aerobic killer workout an aerobic (laughs) studio it's called killer robot or killer workout and uh alternate title aerobicide um (laughs) 
It is terrible, and I fucking I watched it last night. It's amazing. It's oh. so so bad. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, that, that one, that one is on Prime. Great. Get into it. Okay. It is the cheesy like everyone is in leotards. There's a, um, the men are in like razorback tank tops and short shorts, and everyone has like feathered mullets, and there's like there's fist fighting and very bitchy catty stuff. Um, lots of nudity, lots of Great. 80s nudity. Um, uh, it is. Uh, without giving away too much, uh, no, I no, you know what? I can't give that away. Okay. It's it's still a whodunit, so you have to figure out who did what. Okay, I'll it's... figure out who did it. Uh, who? Yeah, I horror is one of those weird genres where I either want it to be the most pretentious art house thing you've ever seen. Like I want it to be mm-hmm. Hereditary or Midsummer, or I want it to be the worst fucking thing you've ever seen. And Absolutely. if it's if it drifts in between, I'm like, what are we even doing? What is this? Yeah. Uh, there was a new movie that came out with uh, Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, Seyfried, I don't know how to say her last name. I don't um, either. But that was getting very, very heavily promoted to me on Twitter and Facebook. So I watched it and it is terrible. Uh, it was trying to be very art housey and failed on every single level. What was that horror movie with Jake Gyllenhaal that everyone was like, yes. And I was like, no. Do you remember? He's uh, like the art. How? Yeah, he's like a gallery critic. Velvet Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw. Not for me. Nope. Uh, got really, really weird, but Jake Gyllenhaal is shirtless and or naked in a lot of it. So worth it. <sighs> I know. And I, I powered through for that reason. Like, truly, if it hadn't been him, I would have given up on it. But I was like, oh, this is trying to be something. But it just was like a little. I don't know why it bothered me so much. Chris and I had a very extensive conversation about uh straight people playing gay or bisexual characters because he's bisexual in that um and we were like yeah yeah gay or bisexual people should play those roles but it's jake gyllenhaal so it's fine which is not a a valid conversation both of us were just like "Ooh, he's pretty it is really strange like who can who gets a pass right because like obviously uh, uh most progressives have have determined that um transgender people should play transgender roles like hallie Barry just got flamed because she said she was going to play a transgender person in a film and people were like, please don't. And she, to her credit, put out a statement where she was like, wow, I was really ignorant and I'm sorry and I'll try to do better. Um, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but like she handled it. She wasn't like Scarlett Johansson, you know, Um, double down. (laughs) She always that's like her knee jerk reaction. She always, always doubles down. But then like, you know, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet are like celebrated for being Call Me By Your Name because that's a beautiful fucking film and they were great in it. But like they get a pass to ostensibly, as far as we know, straight men, you know, playing gay men for whatever reason. It's sort of like, that's okay, But. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger from Brokeback Mountain, too. Yeah, exactly. Mainly celebrated for that. I mean, uh, some of the who is. Felicity Huffman, when she was in Transamerica, right. um, way, way, way before Twitter or anything online, or at least as far as I know, I don't remember when that movie came out, but I'm sure that there was some sort of like backlash, but it's not, you don't hear it on it like a be national like level. Now. If she, if she tried to do it now, there would be a huge backlash. Um, I feel like we've, <laughs> yeah. we've come a, a long way in, in those terms where it's sort of like, if a cis person now tries to play a trans person, there will be a backlash, you know? 
whether they listen to it or not is sort of up to the individual. I guess maybe that's the distinction. Like if you are, I don't think you can do it if you're a cis person playing a trans person, but if you're a straight person, but you're like an ally and you support the LGBT community and you play a gay person, maybe you can still skate by. But I think in like 10 years, that won't even be cool, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's getting the 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 waters are muddied. It, it really depends on who the gay community decides to give a pass to. And also it, how uh, the like, material I, is handled and like, you know, mm-hmm. I guess Jared Leto is the most recent example of somebody who like oh. really succeeded by playing a trans person like it was in a celebrated role and was awarded. <laughs> it's interesting that women are more criticized for taking those roles than men are. Right. But no, but no one should. Those those roles should be played by trans people. But yeah, you're right. Dallas Buyers Club uh, with Jared Leto. I don't remember. Of course, like I'm sure that there was a bigger upset that I wasn't aware of, but I don't remember it being like yeah. a, a Halle Berry. Even back no, down. No, no. I like I said. I feel like this is within the first or the past few years of people really pressuring cis actors not to do that jared leto is probably one of the last people who will quote unquote you know get away with it um Mm -hmm. but yeah so any other recommendations before i move on um i don't think so those were great watching all that crap yeah no that crap you've been watching i'm gonna watch all of this or maybe it's crap, but it's like crap I like. So I don't think it's crap. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, I got a text from you mm-hmm. last night. Hold on. Let me find what you actually said. I don't want to quote you incorrectly. I have literally so, no memories. <laughs> at 7.48 p.m., uh-huh. I got a text from you that said, Wayfair really out here selling children in wardrobes? Uh, mm-hmm. Now okay. it, it all came back to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about this because you know this. Listeners of the show know this about me. I love conspiracy theories, not because uh, yes. I believe them. I mean, of course, there are always a few conspiracy theories that like you buy into. But uh, what I love about conspiracy theories is I find them to be fascinating, uh, oftentimes dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I just am a fan of seeing it the marvelous ways the brain behaves and will like do mental jujitsu to uh, sort of find patterns where there are no patterns, I think is really, really interesting. So I love conspiracy theories for exactly the same reason. Yes. I watch people go down rabbit holes. I have talked about before on the show, some of my favorite conspiracy theories, including Stevie wonder isn't really blind. Um, Katy Perry is grown up Jean Benet Ramsey. Like Correct. I nom 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 nom. I love them so much. So there was Beyonce a is an Italian woman now. Beyonce is Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so good, but also like dangerous, right? Because this is uh, it all stems recently from QAnon and um, oftentimes racism and like, so not to diminish those dangerous qualities of conspiracy theories, but like on its face, Beyonce is Italian is so fucking funny and people believe (laughs) it. They believe it. Okay. So yesterday, two days ago for, oh no, no, no. 
because we're releasing same day yesterday. Uh, there was a conspiracy theory making the rounds on Twitter that Wayfair is trafficking children. And this blew up to the point where Wayfair had to respond to it. And they were like, um, obviously, no, we don't traffic children. What happened was um, basically Wayfair was price gouging because there is uh, a oh. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a pandemic. There's a shortage of, of uh, things that a lot of people want right now. So certain furniture items on Wayfair were way, way, way more expensive or than they ordinarily would be. And some entrepreneuring, I'm going to say young man on Reddit saw these prices <laughs> and was like, oh, the reason they're so expensive is there's a fucking kid <laughs> in this dresser. And when you mm -hmm. buy it, Wayfair, again, Wayfair, Wayfair delivers the dresser with the kid inside. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so good. Uh, um, to be a little, uh, like for someone who wouldn't know if they just had a lot of money to spend on Wayfair and just got a wardrobe uh, with a child in it, it's a nice can you surprise. Imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, be like, hello. Um, am I supposed to put this now? So what I said to you uh, via text was like, it's like these people don't know the dark web exists. Because I'm not going to say like, sex trafficking isn't a thing or like pedophilia isn't a problem. I mean, Jesus, like look at Jeffrey Epstein, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, we know this is a, a real thing that a, a weird eyes wide shut cult of rich people gather and like sexually abuse children. We like, we know that is a real thing, but it's almost like they're looking for patterns where there are no patterns and like, listen, if, if you want to go buy a kid, you go on the dark web. You don't go to Wayfair, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it should be uh, – not a lot of people really know what the dark web is from what I found out about this whole thing. Okay, well, um, in case people don't know, there is a, a sub-internet uh, beneath the internet that we use, and you need a little bit of know-how to get on there, but you can uh, – you can buy sex trafficking victims. You can hire assassins or hitmen or hit women. Uh, you can, you, yeah, you can get up. You can buy drugs, all that stuff. Yeah, you and anything that's illegal, you can pretty much get. I wouldn't say easy access to, but it's also not like going on to uh, like a message board and being like, "I need a killer. Who is a killer? Give here's my money. Go kill yeah. this person." It's you have to be a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, sneaky about it, I guess. But you're already on the dark web. I wouldn't even know how to get there if I tried. Um, there, I remember uh, I was at ASCAD, I think at UCB, and there was... Oh, you know what? No, it might have been the stepfathers. Doesn't matter. Nobody's interested in the details. But they interviewed someone in the audience who... Uh, uh, knew about the dark web and like knew how to get on the dark web and like sort of gave us a little tutorial. And it was really interesting because like he did it, I think, to buy drugs. Um, okay. But yeah, like what I don't think people realize maybe is that if you're engaged in illegal behavior, the last thing in the world that you want is a paper trail mm -hmm. or um, anything being recorded on your computer and your browser history. So people aren't going to buy fucking kids via Wayfair. Correct. <laughs> Um, I, I've said it on my show many, many times. If you're going to commit a crime, uh, do not take your cell phone with you. 
Yeah, because that is a little uh, monitor in your pocket and they can retrace your steps, you know. Even if Uh, you have your location services off, if you get a text message or something while you're somewhere you shouldn't be, it'll ping off of cell phone towers. Yeah. Uh, Don't get me me started on the cell phone phone tower shit because that is uh, highly sus uh, evidence. I think that's going to be one of those things that is thrown out of court in like five years because sometimes the records say they're pinging at towers that they didn't ping at. It's it's very sus. But anyway, that's a different tangent. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I go ahead. Go ahead. I think the Wayfair thing started. Do you remember? I want to say about a year ago, if not a year and a half ago, when Wayfair was outed as having supplied a bunch of beds and stuff for the concentration camps that we have in America. Yes, that's right. Yes. I think that's they're trying to connect two dots that don't exist. Oh, like, interesting. Are in the same world. Because um, I remember I just ordered something from Wayfair and Christopher was like, uh, you can't order things from there anymore. They are supplying free beds for children in cages. Oh fuck! And I was like, yeah, I fuck. completely forgot about that. I compl- I com- I again forgot about it until this popped up, and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." If they're supplying the beds, then clearly they're stealing children and putting them in wardrobes and then that selling them for fifteen thousand dollars. Bargain is, for a child. Yeah, I know, right? Time is so fucking weird right now that that feels like it happened eight hundred years ago. Like you just Absolutely. bringing it up, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, and that was not that long ago. Uh, yeah, but so that's a great point. You should hate Wayfair, but for different reasons that are actually real. That's what I don't get. There's just so much terrible shit happening in the world right now that people are justifiably angry about. Why do you need to make up conspiracy theories that aren't real? Like if you actually, if your heart bleeds for sex trafficking victims, I think that's great. Focus on like Jeffrey Epstein and his rich, weird friends who were raping children on his island. You know, like that's a real thing that happened in our world. Mm-hmm. Go protest that. Why are you like going after Wayfair for this reason? Go after Wayfair for the ICE detention centers and like weirdly decorating <laughs> detention centers with Wayfair furniture. Very weird. Um, oh, but- I'm worried that this is going to turn into like a Pizzagate thing where someone's going to show up at a Wayfair mm-hmm. warehouse and be like, yeah. where are the children? And then it's going to be a whole huge thing. Well, that's what could possibly die. Yes. And that is like the scary side of conspiracy theories, the not fun side. And I feel like QAnon really helped accelerate conspiracy theories and turn them into dangerous things where You know, like back in the day on the Internet, everybody had weird theories about stuff, but it was sort of like fun and harmless. But now it's like, yeah, you got to worry about what happened with Pizzagate, which is a dude fucking showed up at this pizza parlor armed because he thought they had sex trafficking victims, children in their basement. Uh Oh, it turns out they don't even have a basement. But this (sighs) dude showed up fully armed, ready to kill people. So like that is the not fun end game of some of these conspiracy theories where it's like, yeah, is somebody going to try to kill somebody at Wayfair because of this? Um, I'm sorry for the horns outside my apartment right now. I'm furious at you. Uh, So before we get to the bad news section, and once again, guys, I have been physically incapable of ending the show at an hour. So it's going to be a long episode. (laughs) Uh, but I wanted to read a message from a listener because I I think this is an episode with Eric 
very jokingly threw out into the ether. I was like, no conservatives listen to this show. <laughs> so I got an email from someone just so nobody gets excited. They're not a conservative, but here's what they wrote. Hello, Allison. In your last podcast, oh, they give the date, July 4th, 2020. You said if any conservatives listen to your show, we should reach out. You said to use a hashtag. I have no memory of saying that, but I believe you. But I have never been and don't plan on being on social media, so I'm trying the old-fashioned way. And I should just, this is Allison right now, I should just say um, they very bravely emailed the show, which you can do, but I can't guarantee I will read it in any sort of timely matter. Uh, manner. So if it's timely, tweet the show, Light Trees and Pod, Facebook us, Instagram, any social media. But I do also have an email uh, for the show that I guess lighttreesandnews at gmail.com. <laughs> if you're feeling brave, this person was feeling brave. Um, but anyway, so I don't think I've missed a show in about eight years. Yes, I go back to oh, pre- wow light trees and news i started listening with the thoughts of keep your friends close but your enemies closer and i wanted to learn what the other side was thinking in general i'm a good bit older than you are and i would consider myself more a classical liberal than conservative but i still think i'm an outlier within your listening demographic i have a million questions and a million comments but i won't bother you with either if you're interested in a bit of dialogue i would welcome the opportunity otherwise no we're out here and then they didn't want me to use their name. So Anonymous, thank you so much for writing in. Thank you for listening for so long, especially when you obviously disagree with me on a lot of things I say. I think that's really cool that you're able to listen to other viewpoints. I 1000% do not want to engage in a dialogue, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for the offer. Uh, it was very sweet that you didn't just unload in the email and you were like, if you want to talk, um, but yeah, uh, you're clearly a bigger person than I, because I physically can't watch stuff like Fox news. Cause it makes me very upset. Nope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eric can do Everyone's that. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, I'm, I'm anytime he mentions that I'm very surprised and also kind of impressed. Um, because I'm like, I, five minutes and I'm screaming anytime that Tucker Carlson is trending on Twitter, I get so, so mad and I have to tweet about his stupid bow ties and his grandma haircut. <laughs> I, I cannot stand him, but I, I, any sort of, I, any sort of conservative news I should be kind of paying attention to, I guess, but it makes me like physically upset. So I can't, I can like read it. There's something, I think it's my anxiety. I get very like, uh, upset. Yeah. Just like very angry. And I'm not able to, uh, detach myself from like, like if they're talking about how immigrants are rapists and stuff like that, like I'm not able to passively watch. I'm just like, you are going to get people killed. You're going to get people killed. You're going to get people like, and I start to like have that mm -hmm. thinking and it is very upsetting. So yeah, I can't watch anything like that. Um, but guys on that note, on the note of Fox news, here is your bad news. So I actually wanted to talk about, I don't even know if I want to spend time on this. Yeah, maybe I will. Fuck it. I wanted to talk about this in the pop culture section, but it's also bad news. 
can we please talk about Lady Antebellum trying to change their name to Lady A? But guess what? There's already a Lady A, and she's a black performer. And instead, so uh, let me go back. So the whole reason Lady Antebellum was like, we're going to call ourselves Lady A now is because of the nationwide protests that happened after the police murdered George Floyd. And there was a lot of press coverage of Black Lives Matter and a lot of performative allyship. And Lady Antebellum sort of like jumped on that train and they were like, yeah, well, our name, we've been called out for years and years and years about our name because uh, antebellum uh, means before the war. So a lot of, you know, racists um, like the idea of returning to a time before the Civil War when we still had slavery and stuff. So Lady Antebellum was like, hmm, maybe uh, our name could be misinterpreted as being pro-Confederacy. So we're going to change our name to Lady A. And I guess they did zero research when they did this because <laughs> lo and behold, there is already a Lady A and she's been a performer for years under that name. Um, and she's a black blues singer based in Chicago. So she was like, uh, hi guys, that's my name. And if you do this, it's really going to like fuck up my marketing and, and me trying to book gigs and stuff like that. You know how I survive. Mm-hmm. And Lady Antebellum turns around, they filed a lawsuit against Lady A and it's like, I'm sorry, didn't you do this whole rebranding thing because you were trying to be, quote unquote, good allies? And now you are stewing a black woman in court. Yeah, it's it's like you did this it, it, like you announced, like we've been criticized for years and years and years. We're only now going to make a change. Right. Um, and we're doing it because we support Black Lives Matter, but not this black lady, not her. She has our name. No, she um, can die in a fire. Yeah, I get that they have they have their copyright or whatever on the name because they did use it interchangeably. But like, yeah, but did maybe you see just the let evidence? it go. Just let uh, it go. Their evidence of when they use their name, it's like it's a handful of like gigs they did where on like promotional flyers and stuff or on a website it would say Lady A, but it almost seemed like a lazy or abbreviated thing like the club didn't want to write out antebellum so they just were like lady a (laughs) they're just trying to save on printing costs but absolutely nobody in casual conversation was calling lady antebellum lady a they were always lady antebellum because that was their fucking name like that was the the name they had when they were like up for awards and stuff because that's your name yeah it made me very mad they're terrible they're awful um but yeah i I did want to mention that Another story that blew up on Twitter, understandably, uh, Trump commuted the sentence of Roger Stone. Oh, my God. (laughs) uh, Who, again, as a reminder, was convicted of lying, witness tampering and obstruction in the Russia probe. So, like, not surprising, because as soon as Roger Stone was convicted, everybody was like, Trump is going to commute his sentence. It was just so obviously going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it finally happened. He had his sentence commuted. So this means Roger Stone will be out in the wild, free, in time for the 2020 election. He needs to. He had to get him out of there. He does need his henchmen, yeah, because it's, um, listen... I think anybody who's confident Joe Biden's going to win is delusional. (laughs) I don't feel confident 
in any measure of the uh, term, but I think this is illustrative of how Trump is planning to play the 2020 election, that he's like, I need my dirtiest, most loyal guy out. I need him out right now. I'm surprised it took him this long to get him out. I'm surprised it wasn't the same day that he went to jail. Maybe there was a little bit, you know, some of it might just be procedural. Like maybe it just takes a long time to finalize this shit. I don't know. I don't know how it works. It seems like if the president commutes a sentence, it happens pretty fast. Yeah. But maybe there was a small degree of consideration. Like we can't do it right away. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, if they were able to hold him off of commuting his, his sentence... I would be very surprised because I'm. I would imagine that it would happen the same day, if not within the hour. <laughs> Just being like, no, 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 no. He's cool. Let him out. He's my guy. I like him. I will say, like the I obviously Roger Stone is an evil, yeah. evil, evil man. With who is his back tattoo? Oh, uh, Nixon. Nixon. Right. 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 Yeah. That's just weird. But um, I do think that he is very like interesting and almost fascinating on a, on a level of evil. Like because I watched that documentary on him with my mouth just like agape the entire time. Yeah, just, he like, he has had a fascinating life. Like if you don't know there there's a great documentary about Roger Stone on Netflix, right? I think um, so. But yeah, he's been a political operative forever since the Nixon years, hence the Nixon back tattoo. He was instrumental in orchestrating the protests during the 2000 election in Florida where people were like storming the buildings where they were trying to recount the ballots because they were quote unquote undermining democracy. And then it turned out uh, these groups of conspicuously all white people were there because Roger Stone had organized the whole thing. Um, Yeah. He is a genius when it comes to optics. Like he knows how the press will swarm and cover things. And he's, he's savvy at, at doing stuff like that. He's basically really good at appealing to the worst qualities of humanity. Like he knows how to appeal to, to people's like frenzy and paranoia. And that's how he rolls. Uh, question. When do you think he's going to get his giant Trump tattoo? (laughs) And is it going to be his entire front? I probably after the presidency when he's trying to like preserve the legacy, you know, <laughs> as like to honor the Trump administration years. Yeah, I uh, Roger Stone in the Wild is terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, There's some great conspiracy theories about him, too. Oh, I I don't know if they're conspiracy very- theories, but there's rumors. I, I very lightly got into a little bit of those when I was um, watching the documentary. Uh, we won't say like, that because uh, he's very libelous. Uh, yeah, isn't he? He's very litigious too, isn't he? Oh, that's what I meant. Not libelous. <laughs> he's libelous <laughs> and litigious. Yeah, yeah. You just be like, uh, if Ro- Roger Stone, uh, his hair is a toupee. Boom, you're in court. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I'm like, let me not share what everybody is saying. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there on google <laughs> yeah do that we won't we won't say it on the show go to the internets figure it go out to the internet they have all of the theories um so yeah that that is terrifying this whole election's terrifying nobody should feel safe sorry guys oh yeah so i 
wanted to talk about coronavirus and how it is exploding in the South right now. Um, South Carolina is currently uh, uh, worse than New York, uh, reporting more cases per capita than most countries in the world. To give you an idea, uh, Arizona, Texas, all running out of ICU beds. There's a really heartbreaking clip. I don't know if you saw it, Charles. I posted it on Twitter the other day of a a doctor in Texas who is like, I got 10 calls of young people who need to be placed on breathing machines or they will die. And I have three open beds. Mm -hmm. So this man has to make a call which seven people should die and like, which is horrible. It's horrible for the 10 people. It's horrible for their families, but it's also horrible. Like, and you know, our government isn't going to do anything about this, but the, the mental effect this is having on our healthcare workers, that doctor is going to have a lot of trauma. And is anybody going to be around to help him once this is over? And the answer I'll tell you is no, because fully no. Even when we don't have a Trump administration, you, the United States is horrible at mental health care. We're mm-hmm. horrible at health care, period, but especially mental health care. So it's like these health workers are just like on their own while a bunch of idiots are outside banging pots and pans for them. And it's like, cool, that's a nice act of solidarity. But are you going to do anything meaningful after this is over? Because like they're still not getting paid as much as they should. They all have to pay rent during a pandemic, which is crazy. Every healthcare worker in the country should live rent free. I mean, we should have a rent freeze period. But why the hell are essential workers paying for rent right now? They are literally saving us. Correct. Um, And then afterwards, it's like, what is the support going to be for them? They are watching people here in New York City. There were big rigs parked outside of hospitals that were refrigerated because there were so many bodies they had to load onto them. How are you going to help the people who live through that? Because I guarantee you every single one of them is traumatized. And yeah, and that's just um, like the some some people came and volunteered and their job when they volunteered was to just load those trucks. That's a great point. Some of them aren't even full time essential workers. They are people who volunteered so bravely, by the way. Uh, But yeah, like and then we just let them leave after that. It's like, what happened to those people? Are they okay? Yeah. I, um, uh, my best friend from high school just graduated, uh, med school and she's starting her residency at a hospital, uh, in California. And she was telling me the other day about like, even if your hospital has enough beds, if someone is, I forget like code blue or flatlining or like needs medical attention immediately. Um, the amount of steps that they have to go through to just get in the room now they're going to lose more people just because they can't get to them quick enough because seconds really matter because they have to wash their hands, put on a gown, wash their hands again, put on gloves, wash their hands again, put on a mask. And they have people watching them to make sure every single person does all those steps to make sure that they don't contaminate the person or, uh, and they have to do, I forget what she said. They have to do pretty much the same thing on their way out. But, um, yeah, Going there's just so many byproducts. Comes down to like the seconds of yeah. If it if it takes me an extra ten seconds to wash my hands and put on gloves and put on a mask and put on a like this thing and that thing and this PPE, uh, that person could die. Yeah, there's just so many 
consequences like that that you don't even consider where it's like yeah every stage of our lives is fucked up <laughs> mm-hmm. from this pandemic and the fact that Trump is now racing against advice from the CDC to reopen schools is fucking insane. Oh my it God. is so crazy and it's so scary. And I completely sympathize with parents who are like, I'm going to homeschool my kid. I'm not sending my kid into a fucking pandemic. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. scary that they're rushing that and that they're reop- rushing the reopening in general, not just schools, but like every level of our society. Trump cannot reopen them fast enough because he is worried about his reelection. So the pandemic has become a proxy war for the 2020 reelection campaign. And his concern and the concern of his staff is if we are still on a lockdown in November, everybody is going to be mad at the administration and vote against them, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they are desperately trying to restart the economy and they don't care how many fucking people die because all they're worried about is winning. And that obviously is the case in the schools reopening and stuff like that. But it's also a concern when it comes to rushing a vaccine. Because a lot of people believe we're not going to return to any kind of normalcy until there is a vaccine, and that can be a years-long process. And I really don't think people have grappled with that enough. I think a lot of people are still like, oh, by fall, by fall, we'll be back. And people are starting or trying to, like, grasp any anywhere for hope, right? But realistically, if you talk to people who know how to make vaccines, they're like, if we're going to do this in a safe way and have, like, responsible trials— we're looking at years, okay? Correct. And that and that's scary. And that's scary for people to hear. But what's scarier in my mind is if they rush this fucking thing and it either doesn't work and people go back into society and we go through all of this again and a lot more people die or there's like something really wrong with the vaccine and it causes, you know, other problems, um, whatever they might be. Uh, in regards to the vaccine, I have a question for you because yes. this, uh, with COVID nineteen, it has and the, and the subject of vaccines. Uh, I've watched some people that I know only because of this turn into kind of semi anti vaxxers. I know it's it's hard to talk about this in a way where it doesn't stray into that and. And it's people who were not anti-vaxxers before this. No, and like you start to see, right? We were talking about conspiracy theories at the top of the show. You start to see with the pandemic how conspiracy theories can cross over like this because conspiracy theories really thrive in an environment where people have lost faith in traditional institutions. So there's no more more traditional institution than the government, right? So when people don't have faith in the government for like valid reasons, if anybody has faith in the Trump administration, they're the insane ones. Right. (laughs) So it makes sense that people don't trust the Trump administration. Right now, here's where this becomes a problem. What if the Trump administration actually has a vaccine that works and people are like, I'm not fucking taking that, especially like black people, people of color sects of our society that have, uh, you know, in the past four years been really, really targeted by this administration and mistreated by this administration, abused by this administration. I fully get why those communities are like, I'm not taking anything this administration wants me to put into my body. 
Does that make them anti-vaxxer? Yes, but it's for understandable reasons. And that's where it gets really fucking scary. Because mm-hmm. there are valid reasons what, to mistrust anything the Trump administration does. Like, I'm sorry, some of these businesses that have gotten billion dollar contracts to make vaccines and they have no experience making vaccines. This shit reminds me of Halliburton during Iraq. Mm-hmm. Halliburton was getting contracts for shit that they had no experience doing. They made faulty uh, wiring decisions, some of which injured, um, I think killed some soldiers, electrocuted them. And surprise, surprise, Dick Cheney was making money, uh, because he, he was, he worked for Halliburton, uh, or, or helped found Halliburton. So, uh, it reminds me of that where it's like, what are we going to find out in five years that some of the Trump administration owns stock in these companies that is like, you know what I mean? Like they don't have a proven track record of making successful vaccines. Why the fuck did they just get that billion dollar contract? Uh, I think that that is the likelihood of that is almost 100%. I think it will definitely come out that there's like hands and cookie jars all over these companies that are developing vaccines. Yeah. Um, and like, it's scary, right? Because while there are valid reasons to be paranoid and, and sus and to say, I'm going to wait it out until they do the trials for these vaccines that could easily stray over into, Oh, and also I'm not going to get my kids vaccinated for measles and mumps. Mm-hmm. And then man, if you think it's bad now, imagine if we're dealing with a measles outbreak on top of this. Oh fuck. Yeah. That would be terrible. I mean, yeah, I, I understand that argument. Like when they were handing out the stimulus checks, I was like, what's the catch? Why do I don't want the money? Don't whatever, whatever it comes with. I don't keep it. Keep it to yourself. Trump administration. Yeah, and, and this is because there's been a fundamental failure of multiple institutions within the United States. Like I've been with people who um, were very ill and they didn't want to call an ambulance, right? Because they were like, that's going to be like a thousand dollar bill. When our traditional institutions fail, people no longer trust them. They don't want to use them. They're certainly not going to inject shit into their bodies that the Trump administration is like, we promise it's okay. You know, like I get why people are fucking paranoid, but the flip side of that is it's so dangerous because I can't imagine at least with this administration, the American people unifying behind them. Like, thank God, actually, that even some of our governors are rejecting the Trump administration undermining Dr. Fauci and the CDC right now. Like, Mm -hmm. Governor Cuomo has been like, I'm not rushing this. I mean, I don't want to praise him too much because he and de Blasio fucked us and waited way too long and tens of thousands of people died because of them so they can go fuck themselves. They knew as like early as I think January or February, this was a thing and they didn't want to close down the economy. Mm-hmm. But since then Cuomo has sort of been like, I'm not rushing this. We're not going to reopen right away. We're not going to have fucking indoor dining, even though the Trump administration really, 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 really wants him to do that. You know? Yeah. I mean, are you saying that you wouldn't trust an administration with the president that told you to inject bleach? <laughs> Is that what you're going on the record as, Allison? Uh, you know what? I am anti-doing shots of bleach. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if that makes me public enemy number one, okay? But I just happen to know that drinking bleach can kill you. <laughs> uh, let's agree to disagree. Okay, fine. Again, I welcome varying viewpoints on this show. So if you are pro-drinking bleach, I'll allow oh. it. 
just like a little like everything in moderation is fine just like a dabble in your coffee in the morning yeah just a little bit it's like like instead of being an alcoholic and like putting a little whiskey in there in the morning <laughs> uh, i'd much rather smell uh bleach on my dad's breath oh my god that is something i never whiskey and coffee is upsetting <gasps> I'm sorry. Coming out anti-Irish coffee. I'm sorry. I never liked it. Those two things shouldn't go together. Like if you're an alcoholic, just do a shot in the morning. Like, why do you have to pretend you're having coffee? You know, like keep it separate, do a shot and then chase it with your coffee. Keep it separate though. (laughs) Well, I mean, Irish coffee does have the Baileys to, you know, mask everything. Oh yeah. I'll fix it with some Baileys. Gross. (laughs) Oh <laughs> uh, God. You know, I always, I hate eggnog too. Like, oh. and obviously I have the, the vegan version of it. I don't nope. want milk or milk like substances anywhere near alcohol. Like no. the fact that people think those flavors go together is insanity to me. No, I can't like, I like they have almond milk Bailey's now and I'm like, I want to try it, but also I know that it's going to be gross. Oh, it's going to be so gross. You're going to be sad. I'm going to be mm-hmm. sad because you tried it. Ugh, mm-hmm. It's going to be a bad time. Guys, that's enough of the bad. Let's end things on an optimistic note for fuck's sake. Here's your good news. <laughs> So first and foremost, I must shout out the teens on TikTok. (laughs) Y'all are the best. Um, You're so much smarter than I was at your age. You're so much more woke. I love that some teens are using TikTok to like promote uh, political messages and help educate each other. And it's so heartening to see those posts like blow up. And yeah, I'm just, I'm in awe of TikTok teens, um, whether they're political or not, because there are some very talented like comedians and dancers and stuff like that on TikTok. Y'all are inspiring. But specifically, I wanted to shout out the TikTok teens because they are going to war against the Trump administration right now mm. um, after Republicans are calling to ban the app. Uh, they're they're calling for this ban under the guise of national security mm-hmm. because there there is a very shady aspect to TikTok, which is it's owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance Limited, um, and there are security questions about this app and how this company and how China in general um, mines data from apps. Um, and that should be a security concern for any time you use an app, regardless of like what country made it, because you are constantly posting your information on the Internet. And it's not always clear how that information is being used or if it's being used for political reasons, like we saw in the 2016 campaign. Right. Um, the Trump administration really successfully used mind data to target supporters and and sympathetic people on Facebook and and other social media platforms. So there is like a valid security concern, right? 
But as the teens on TikTok believe, they think they're just being politically targeted because there are a lot of TikTok users who are critical of the Trump administration. Um, most recently, probably most famously, they, uh, in addition to the uh, BTS fans, tried to take credit for Trump's rally in Tulsa being very poorly attended because they had flocked to the internet to reserve a bunch of tickets and then obviously nobody went. Um, <laughs> whether that's true or not, I know Eric is not a, a supporter of that theory and thinks it was poorly attended for other reasons, but I love the spirit. I love the effort by TikTok and BTS fans. I love seeing them come together <laughs> for that purpose. And, but, uh, yeah, th there are also, like I said, a lot of users who are just critical of the administration in general. So when this ban went out or, or the prospect of it went out, a bunch of TikTok users, <laughs> uh, encouraged their followers to go to the Trump reelection app, which I guess has its own app and give it a bunch of one star ratings. Hmm. Uh, and report it because obviously they were trying to get it taken down. Now, they were not successful in getting it taken down. But if you want to go to the app, it's very funny reading some of these reviews um, because they are just roasting the administration. And now it has a really, really poor rating, which, you know, just makes them so mad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'll just say this. Don't fuck with Gen Z because they can burn you in ways that you haven't even thought about yet. They know how to use the Internet way better than you do, which is wild because like uh, I think I was talking about this with Eric. I think we're the last generation that can remember analog and like pre-Internet. Like, do you have a memory of going to a library and using a card index? Uh, yes, but I also uh, grew up in a very small, poor town and sure. we had like a computer for a while. Yes. Uh, but like I have a memory of uh, like when the family bought the first computer, which was a gateway yep. desktop and weighed roughly 800 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, like that was a big moment that I remember. But like Gen Z, the Internet is their DNA, right. you know, so they know how to do shit that like, again, yeah, like wouldn't even occur to us. But yeah, we are. It's wild to think that we're the last generation that remembers before the Internet. Uh, are you on TikTok? I am, but as a creepy lurker, I'm, okay. I'm too old to do TikTok. Like I, <laughs> I, I know some people my age who do TikTok and I'm like, okay, like I do silently judge cause it's not for us, you know? Sure. Uh, I have a TikTok and I will, uh, argue the fact that yes, I'm too old and yes, I don't care. Uh, that's good. No shame. Recently, uh, because of all of this, because there was an article that he sent me. Uh, Chris has deleted his TikTok, and what? he was getting – he wasn't anywhere near, like, millions and millions of views, but he was had some pretty funny stuff on there. Yeah. Um, and for I, – I was very surprised that he, uh, after reading one of the articles of everything that this app does in the background, uh, was fully like, nope, I don't want it on my phone. Get rid of it. Delete it right now. Oh, uh, so he just deleted it because it was, like, spying on him. Right. Uh, yeah. apparently one of the things it does, I don't remember the list of everything it told me, he told me it did, but, um, like every 30 seconds, the app sends out a GPS ping, 30 <laughs> seconds, every Great. 30 seconds. So now I'm like, mm, I do like everything on my phone is using my location, Twitter, Facebook, 
I guess That's, now TikTok. I, Do I, I know this care? is like a nihilistic way to think of it, but truly I have a smartphone. On the smartphone, I have dozens of apps that are all monitoring what I'm doing at all times. At this point, I'm kind of like, if they're going to come find me, they're going to come find me, you know, like something's going to give me away. So I'm just sort of like, fuck it. If I'm ever really trying to get away, I'll just leave my phone. Like you said, correct. But, uh, yeah, I'm sort of like at this point, my information has been out there for decades. Hundreds of companies have my personal information. What's a bitch going to do at this point? You know, (laughs) but yeah, I, I purely use TikTok to scan the homepage and like watch a bunch of delightful videos because people are really talented. Have you Um, seen, um, Kellyanne Conway's daughter has an account? No. And she is super, super liberal. It's fantastic. What's her name? Um, hold on. I will look it up for you. But she, uh, is constantly posting that she's not her, she's not her mother and please don't come to her page. Ooh, 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 it just starts. I forgot to touch the start. Stop. <laughs> stop. Stop talking. Oh, oh my God. God they can see person. us. They can see us right now, Charles. Stop. <laughs> Five. We're um, I forgot that it just automatically starts playing. Um, but she, uh, was, she, she posts a lot of like semi-political stuff and uh, very anti-Trump stuff. Um, oh, wait, Charles, speaking of conspiracy theories, can I ask you to weigh in on one that I saw literally yesterday? And this sort of ties in with our themes of uh, straight washing roles Ooh, and okay. conspiracy theories. What do you think about the conspiracy theory that Army Hammer and his wife, Elizabeth Chambers, are getting divorced because she doesn't support Black Lives Matter? I had not heard of this at all. Okay, I'm going to say they were getting divorced. They didn't know about this Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah, God, this whole episode is so slanderous. So I'm just going to say this is what I have heard and I have no evidence that it's true. Okay, I think it's bullshit because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not saying Elizabeth Chambers uh, might not be racist because she is a First of all, a thin white person who owns a bakery, I do not trust. Okay? okay. How are you how are you so skinny and you eat cupcakes all day? I don't trust you. Um, but she apparently she used to work for Fox News. I don't know if that's true. Ooh. But I like I truly know nothing about her pre um bakery. So I don't know if she's racist or not. I think and he's like been on record about this. You saw like the whole um, the whole scandal about him favoriting some tweets about rope bondage. No. Oh, okay. So that's like famously out there. He has liked tweets where like he's into like rope play, right? But and reportedly, allegedly, I've heard from people who have been at the same sex parties as as him that he is like into BDSM. So I think. They just have different tastes when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's about race. This is isn't it very eye-opening for the, me. The best tea you've ever had? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't feel like you have to weigh in since like you don't know anything about Elizabeth. But like that that is one of the theories out there because he has been posting so much shit about Black Lives Matter. And I think she posted like one thing, which is why I'm like, I don't think it's that. I think it's that they have not been together for a while. And now finally it's like, all right, we got to end this thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that the quarantine has a lot of things to do with that, uh, and having, uh, like people just having to spend a lot of time together all of a sudden that they normally wouldn't. Just being like, oh, this marriage is not going great. We should divorce now. But like, okay, so originally I was being a bitch and I was like, man, there's no bigger burn than somebody divorcing you once they actually have to spend time with you. But (laughs) I think what it actually is, because I forget who I was talking to, but somebody I was speaking with thought it was weird that Bruce Willis went to be with Demi Moore and their kids during quarantine because he has a whole other family. Yeah. So I like, don't people, think that's weird. I don't think it's weird. And I also don't think it would be weird if even if they were separated, Army would want to be with them during quarantine, Correct. especially because, guys, I don't have enough time to go into how weird his family is. But Army Hammer is named Armand Hammer after his father, Armand Hammer, who I think it was his father or his grandfather. I forget. But he owned Arm and Hammer the company and what's weird about it is Armand Hammer the company isn't named after Armand Hammer Armand Hammer made his money from oil and bought Armand Hammer because he thought it was funny that it sounded like his name what I swear to god I swear to god it's even weirder if you trace his family back further because they are direct descendants of uh communist leaders who uh, Stalin sent to the United States because he thought they would be good ambassadors for communism his family is wild. That but, blew my mind. Yeah, I always yeah. thought it was kind of funny that, like, haha, Arm and Hammer, he's a, an heir to the Arm and Hammer fortune. Um, that, I, he bought it because it was funny, just because it sounded like his name fully. I think, okay, I mean, that, that's I the story. That. That's the story that, like, he was like, ha, like my name and bought the company. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I like that version of it. Um, if I could just buy companies that sounded like my name, I would, though. That's oil money, I baby. I don't, think that, I don't think that my grandfather or my grandson or my great grandson, whatever, uh, would hopefully end up with that same. I guess oh, if you're already named after him, uh, I guess so. I am named after my father. So. So, I, yeah, I think it's important to, going to remember. To weird places. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that Army Hammer is, in fact, a rich weirdo, which like explains like a lot of his behavior. But I don't know if you saw him tweet that. He was staying with his mother for a while, which now makes sense because it was like, oh, right, you guys got separated. Wait, let me back up. He at one point on his Instagram stories posts, does anyone own a boat? And can you basically get me the fuck out of here and I'll pay for the gas for the boat and I'll help on the boat. I just need to get out of here. So now in retrospect, it was like, oh, yeah, like their marriage fully fell apart. And he's like, I need a boat to get off this island. (laughs) So they're staying in the Caymans because his fucking weird rich family owns property in the Caymans. I am and I am very happy with the amount of knowledge you have about army hammer i fell down this rabbit hole because it again conspiracy theories everywhere where i'm like oh nom 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 nom. i love this so much um so he goes to stay with his mother who is like a evangelical and he posted on twitter anytime army hammer tries to relate to normal people it's like what the fuck are you talking about Mm -hmm. where he was basically like lol woke up this morning to my mother pouring oil on my head and trying to pray the devil out of me lol family right uh, (laughs) everyone was like armand no (gasps) sir no that's not a thing 
so he got the fuck out of there. Uh, yeah, like I feel wow. bad for him that like uh, clearly they disagree with him on a lot of things, and that has to be like traumatizing. But also he's like a rich fucking asshole who anytime he thinks he's funny, I'm just like it, he's so cringe, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to find myself in my own army hammer hole. Oh wait, uh, that's not dirtier I than to... I meant it to. I have to recommend something to you guys. And guys, I'm sorry I just spilled a bunch of tea in the good news section, but I haven't talked to Charles in a while, so everybody needs to back off my junk. <laughs> recommendation for you, if you are, like, loving this line of conversation, do Holy you follow uh, Deuce Moi on Instagram? No. Okay. I don't know. So they have to approve you, but it's D-U-X-M-O-I, and it is just celebrity tea in the stories all day people send them like blind items that they post and it's so fun Ooh, i uh i just requested them uh i i you're having me break one of my rules but what I, is I, I did request them I, I don't like following i get a lot of stuff sent to me from my friends dm uh instagram dming me uh from private accounts that have an insane amount of followers and the reason that they have that is because they're private so you, everyone has to request them and then you just forget to unfollow them so one of my instagram rules was to never follow those but this sounds like a good one oh, interesting it's very good it's they they had the tea on army and elizabeth before anybody Ooh. else okay so better than tmz Oh, way better. Way better. I mean, TMC, like, people keep shitting on them anytime they report something. They're like, guys, it's only been reported by TMZ. Let's wait until it's verified. And it's like, can you name the last time they were wrong about anything? True. Whenever there's a breaking news story about a celebrity dying, people are always like, let's wait till CNN reports it. And it's like, they've literally never been wrong about a celebrity death that I can remember recently. And they always scoop everybody else. Right. They won't even wait long enough for the family to be informed. Isn't that great? <laughs> Don't we love you. this? Oh, um, guys. Going back trash. a little bit, I found Kellyanne Conway's daughter's TikTok. Yes. And her at is at short fake blonde. <laughs> um, well i love her already apparently i while i was looking that up there's a a video on youtube of a uh, instagram live or something of just the two of them arguing so i will be watching that directly after wow I man i can't imagine what it would be like and i have friends like this who grew up in really politically divided households mm -hmm. like their parents were very conservative and they are very liberal and like just a normal dinner for them with their family is a screaming political conversation. And like, I'm not saying my parents are super liberal, but they've definitely gotten more liberal over the years. And I don't know. We never like, that's not true. I guess we strongly disagreed about some stuff, but I don't know. I like some people have a toxic relationship with their parents when it comes to politics. Mm. I am. Um, my mom was a little, when I was growing up, much more conservative. Yeah. Uh, and then I came out and was very liberal. And she was like, all right, I guess gay people are fine. Yeah. It was, it was not yeah. very hard at all. It was. I think also with that. before the Republican Party was fully off the rails, like they were always bad. Don't get me wrong. I think some people look at history through rose colored glasses and they were like, wow, where are all the reasonable conservatives? And it was like, were they ever reasonable? Probably not. <laughs> 
But I think it was much more normal when our parents were younger to go back and forth voting between Republicans and Democrats. Yes. Depending on the candidate. And now it's like never, 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 because everything is so polarized. I was I was talking to someone at work, uh, I think last week, and they had said something like, do you remember when the Republican Party was good? And I said, one, how old do you think I am? And two, no, no, we do not. <laughs> Um, uh, like back back in the back in the eighties with uh, Reagan and Bush, and I was like, no, fu- no, fully one. Don't remember that. It wasn't here. Although I will uh, say, if you want to have your mind fully blown, uh, go back and watch the debate with Reagan and H. W. Bush, where they're talking about immigration, because it is so wild uh, to hear. I forget was it them? It was. I think it was George H. W. Bush. I forget who he was debating, but. So he's the Republican and he's literally up there like these are human beings who are just trying to get the best lives for their families and we need to treat them with compassion. And it was like, holy shit, the Republican Party has gotten so extreme. That's a very different message than they're trying to portray now. Yeah. And I should say that not that any of his rhetoric was reflected in like humane policy or anything like that. But mm-hmm. how what can you imagine like anybody in the Republican Party now getting up there and saying shit like that? Like never, never in a million years. Uh, John McCain had his like moment at that one town hall, but that was it. And he did. He did, BB. That was his one. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's very, very dead. Um, but no, I can't I can't imagine any Republican right now showing any sort of empathy. Yeah. Nobody from the because he was sort of a relic from prior years like anybody from the modern republican party if you got up there and you tried to express compassion for immigrants you would be chased out of the party uh because compassion is gay it's gay and your whole party is white supremacist so congratulations (laughs) um so back to good news i wanted to talk about the supreme court ruling that new york state can get trump's tax returns which was a a big, a big deal. However, I should say they're not going to get them like in time for the election. No. So anybody who thinks it's going to affect the election in any way is wrong. Uh, I think even if they came out, n- nothing, no Trump supporter could be presented any kind of evidence that's going to make them not vote for Trump. Correct. Um, but there were some people who were saying who were saying that the House Democrats were handed a defeat by the Supreme Court. So there were two separate things going on. Um, New York State requested Trump's tax returns, but so did House Democrats. And basically what the Supreme Court says said was yes to New York and no to House Democrats. But it's a little more complicated than even that. And I'm not going to get into it because it's, it's complicated. I'll link to this Daily Beast breakdown in the episode recap. But basically, in the wording of of the justices ruling, they did hand a lot of power to House Democrats because mm-hmm. basically we are living in unprecedented times right now. And the Supreme Court had to make up precedent for what's happening. So usually what happens is if the House, if Congress has accused the tr- uh, the president of illegal behavior, Usually that's settled uh, in the lower courts, if it, mm-hmm. if it goes to court at all, right? 
Trump was extraordinary because he took it all the way to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court was like, we don't know how to deal with this. So we're (laughs) just going to give more authority to Congress than we've given before because we don't know what else to do. And we have to make up a law right now, basically. Um, So it is sort of a win for the House Democrats because suddenly it's very clearly defined what their authority is. So it's a little complicated, but it was interesting. And I recommend you read it if you're curious about like what happened with the House. Um, Because a lot of people were focusing, obviously, on the fact that New York got his tax returns, but not so much on the House Democrats and like what was happening with that. Sorry. Um, It's uh, that's also interesting. Like what once New York has them, I feel like they can just give them to whoever they want to. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens again, guys, we are in unprecedented times and this shit is wild. When, uh, if, if we do get his tax returns, I don't think that his followers, like if we're getting them for really two reasons, right? One to, for, uh, it's a slightly petty reason to prove that he's not rich as he says he is. Right. Um, and two to see if he pays taxes at all, which he doesn't. Um, and, any, any, e- either way you look at that, they're going to find a way to justify it and be like, well, he doesn't pay taxes because just like he said, he's very smart um, and he knows loopholes and maybe he's not as rich as he says he is on paper, but look at all the stuff that he owns and look at all the uh, accounts that he has in Sweden or the Cayman Islands or whatever. Yeah. So um, there, there was a lot of wave it away. A big aspect of, of this case was Deutsche Bank and there were a lot of shady dealings made by Trump, but also his whole fucking family. And the reason they were investigating these links is because it was part of an an investigation into uh, the Russian government. And like, if they were funneling money and like how Russia was involved in our election. So there was like, it's beyond just like petty reasons. Like, is he not really rich? It's they committed major crimes and the way you prove stuff like that is a paper trail. And so Deutsche Bank was a huge connection where it was like, you know, thousands of dealings with, with, um, potentially, uh, political leaders in Russia. So that, that was an ass, a huge aspect of the case. I, I, I think that, I don't think that anyone and the media might, if that comes out, like focus on it a little bit. I think that the, like regular Trump supporter would be like, I don't even know what that means. So I'm not paying attention to it. Oh yeah. Well, it's confirmation bias, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we all suffer from this. If we hear something bad about Fully. somebody we like, we just magically forget about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you remember that army hammers, grandfather or father, I can't remember, uh, bought a company cause he thought it was funny that it was sounded like his name. Sometimes you forget about it because you just want to enjoy a fucking movie. Um, the man from uncle is a great movie. You guys should all watch it. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you just conveniently forget things about people because uh, you want to enjoy them in a movie. We all have confirmation bias. So, yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. If a Trump supporter hears something negative about Trump, it's just going to go in one ear out the other because they're like, I am voting for him in 2020. (laughs) Regardless of what you tell me, he will win. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a serial rapist, racist who said he could shoot somebody and his supporters would still vote for him and he's right mm-hmm. 100% correct in fact I think that that would I, like anyone who is on the fence about voting for him I think a significant uh, amount of people if he shot someone in, in the middle of 5th Avenue 
that would get him more votes. Oh, especially if he shot a liberal. Ooh. Ooh. Own the libs. Shoot him right in the street. Yep. I think they would just coronate him as king right then and there. (laughs) Um, So also in good news, I thought this was very funny. Michael Cohen uh, has been arrested again. (laughs) Originally because, uh, well, it was falsely reported at first that the reason he was arrested again was because he like violated the terms of his release by eating out at a restaurant in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. That did not happen, but the photos were very, I mean, funny, but also terrible. Nobody's wearing a mask. Um, They're sitting outside. He clearly realizes he got busted when he sees the camera. Um, But the real reason he was arrested again was because he was supposed to sign documents that were like, basically, I promise I won't speak to reporters. I promise I won't like publish a book um, because you can't make money off of having committed a crime. Correct. Um, so he is claiming this violates his First Amendment, right? <laughs> so at first he's like, I refuse. I'm not signing it. And then uh, the New York prison system was like, cool, we're going to arrest you again. So by the time he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll sign the documents. It was too late. Um mm-hmm. So he was taken into custody again by the Bureau of Prisons. And I think it's very funny. Uh, that's mm, I he really, really is going to he just wants to profit off. He just wants to write a book. Basically, that's what oh, he wants to do. He tweeted an announcement that his book is coming out in September. Uh, I mean, it can come out. You just can't profit from it. So your profits you, are going to go somewhere else. You can donate it, I guess. Yeah. I'm just um, assuming that he didn't get like a uh, like a what do you call it when you get an advance? It's assuming that he also didn't get an advance from that. that he right. probably doesn't want to get back. I think that was part of the reason OJ had to be like the title of his book was "If I Did It." Yeah. Because like again, he wasn't convicted of a a criminal offense. They they nailed him in um, civil court. court. Yeah. yeah. But did the family sue him for the rights to that book yes. or his profits, so and that's, that's why it's never thing. come out. There could also be like lawsuits after this Cohen book comes out, if it comes out. Um, at least right now, it seems like it's coming out, but who knows? Um, but yeah, you you can't do that. You can't do that. So he thought he would get away with it because First Amendment. What was the what was the restaurant? Is he not allowed to eat at restaurants, or is it is he supposed to be on the house arrest? Is that why? There was speculation that he was on under house arrest, and this violated terms of his release. But his lawyer is saying him eating out didn't violate that but i think it was the new york post got the photos at first and they were like and then they heard he got arrested and they were like holy shit he got arrested because he ate out at a restaurant so they just sort of like rushed to that conclusion ah okay Uh, um but guys once again we are so over time please follow charles on twitter at charles rockhill listen to dirty little horror anything else you want to say any last thoughts um, any last conspiracy theories since that was 70% of this episode? It also be, uh, involves Beyonce. Wait, do you want do you want another Beyonce or do you want the Avril Lavigne one? You know the Avril Lavigne one. The Avril Lavigne one is that the, the theory is that she is dead and was replaced by a lookalike? Uh, replaced by a, a woman named Melissa. Okay. Um, which is why her tone and energy changed after her first two albums. For sure. Because um, you would still trying... keep making albums, obviously, once you're right, replaced. Right. She was such such a powerhouse, Avril Lavigne, in the music industry that they needed to 
create a new one uh, with a similar but not the same face. Uh, and uh, now, is this tied into her... is this tied into Illuminati shit? Because we could spend a whole episode just on Illuminati. Ooh. Oh, I used to. There is this website I used to go to. Uh, never. Uh, yeah, we. You know what? We should have an Illuminati special. We on, should. Like, we should do a bonus episode of Illuminati conspiracy theories. Um, but I, I mean, everything leads back to the Illuminati. Yes, yes, that's an, that's another thing. The um, uh, but the other Beyonce one is that she used to keep Sia trapped in a basement. <laughs> have you ever heard that one? No, but I love it so much. Uh, that Beyonce locked Sia in a basement to uh write songs for her. I, um, I swear that conspiracy theories start as jokes that like the other person didn't get that it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Like somebody in conversation was like, damn, Sia writes so many songs for Beyonce. I bet Beyonce keeps her locked up in a basement. And somebody heard that and they were like, oh, my God, Beyonce keeps Sia locked up in a basement. It was a huge thing for a while. Like the um, like some sort of ha- I forget what the hashtag was on Twitter, um, but they people were very concerned for Sia's safety. Oh my God. Isn't that wild? I like, I do feel like a lot of these start as a joke and then people very earnestly, like we didn't get into this and I don't know if I even want to really get into it. Cause I'm legitimately, um, so fucking sad about it. But, uh, Naya Rivera is currently oh. missing and, uh, it is, suspected that she's dead that she drowned while she was with her very young son Uh, she had rented a boat took the boat out onto a lake Um, the boat was later found with her son inside of it he was asleep and she was missing so in all likelihood she drowned and it's so fucking sad Um, she was so talented and so talented so talented Uh, you and I were tweeting like I I had to stop watching Glee because um, it's a bad show, but also <laughs> I, I hated how Naya was consistently playing second fiddle to Leah Michelle when Naya is so clearly more talented in every way, better actor, better singer, everything. One of the most beautiful people I've ever seen on television, period. Like yeah. the first time I saw her, I was like, this is the most beautiful woman in the world. Why is she not a megastar? Well, yeah. Why is she a background character? Because she didn't even sing for like most of the first season. Michelle, yeah, like she was so clearly a bigger star and never really got her due, and like it sucked. Um, But it's just heartbreaking, right? But immediately, the conspiracy theories started on Twitter, and this is like another uh, dark side of conspiracy theories that are not fun about how she was murdered, how. Um, the, the search party was called off because she's a woman of color. No, it wasn't. It was cause they lost light and like, people don't know how searches like this work. Nobody stopped searching for a very famous actress because she's a woman of color. Okay. <laughs> like that did not happen. Right. Um, but again, you understand why people rush to those conclusions because the police, um, kill people of color all the time. They don't take it seriously when they disappear. I'm telling you they're taking this seriously because Naya is, was a incredibly famous person. Um, so there was a lot of media attention and you can bet that they are searching as hard as they can because they don't want this attention, you know? Right. Um, I'm fully convinced now that Glee is cursed. I know that's another, people were like, stop saying Glee's cursed. Okay. But they're cursed. Yeah. Like um, Corey. Corey Monteith. 
pedophile. Um, Naya, um, the uh, the pedophile who played the character Puck. I forgot that Naya dated him. Yep. Um, Crazy. And then she like was interviewed about it, and she was like, "Yeah, I I didn't know that about him, but there was a lot of red flags." Yeah. Which, and then uh, having, I mean, rightfully so, Leah Michelle's career right now is in the in the tank. My um, favorite but, thing are the the terrible Leah stories that oh, are coming so out. Good. They're so good. She's uh, a monster. Monster. Uh, but like, if you like, three of your stars on the show who are main characters didn't make it to forty. That's insane. I mean, Darren Chris is doing okay. He's doing pretty good. He's but had a I think, good career. I, mean, I think he gave him. He might be the most successful. I mean, Leah Michelle's very successful, but Darren's been in like a lot of stuff. He's the only one who really still talks to her, I guess. Really? Yeah. I mean, the other the other casts when like they they had a Glee reunion. Uh, I think bef- right before uh, the pandemic, and she was the only person not there, but everyone kept asking him because he went on tour with her. Oh, right. Okay. The two of them did a tour together. Um, I don't know. I I don't know how. I mean, she's Ryan Murphy's muse and they're like one of his muses. So this is just another reason I don't trust Ryan Murphy (laughs) or like his taste level. Like I he is highly sus. Ryan Murphy donated fifteen thousand dollars to Stonewall, though. So I'm I'm back and forth now. That's what I wanted to say. And this is perfect before we end this episode that I'm sure is four hours long. Um (laughs) How is Stonewall doing financially? Are you guys still accepting donations? Where can people donate? Uh, we are still accepting donations, as far as I know. Um, the uh, We had a huge GoFundMe campaign that raised uh, almost almost $300,000 that, that was then also matched by, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the company right now, or the nonprofit, whatever it is. Um, so we're okay for now. Uh, it's a little a little life raft that's been thrown our way. Um, Ryan Murphy did donate fifteen thousand uh, wow. dollars. I'm pretty sure that someone, because you know on GoFundMe you can just put in any name you want. Yeah. Uh, someone uh, donated on behalf of Anne Hathaway. I bet you it was Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I don't think it was her. Really? I don't think it was her. <laughs> um, that's so funny though. But. Um, there, it all that um, attention definitely helped us raise all that money, and it helped the. There's a separate GoFundMe for the staff um, that is clearly did not raise two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. All right, so, so that's it, the one I'm gonna link to. Yeah, go everybody, to that one. Everybody, give to I see it the Stonewall Inn staff. Um, oh, the, guys, the goal is sixty thousand, and they have forty two thousand. Help them get sixty thousand. Yeah, there's uh there's I believe a few employees who during this couldn't get their unemployment benefits. So a couple people are hurting. Okay. So I'll tweet that link, I'll put in the episode recap, all that stuff. Uh I'm gonna donate right after this episode. Um guys, thank you so much for listening. Please give money to the Stonewall in staff. Um, they work so hard. It is, uh, speaking of institutions, that still means something. The Stonewall Inn is a beloved institution uh, in the city, in the world. And yeah, help help people who keep it afloat and keep the fucking bathrooms clean and pour you fucking ingrates drinks every night <laughs> in the middle of a fucking plague. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Um, 
no i i think you you got it my twitter and my uh podcast yeah that's it hell yeah guys thanks so much for listening and while you're at it get out there and cause a little trouble oh wait no i changed my sign off and while you're at it stay at home and cause a little trouble (laughs) 